0: Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem Podcast, your premier source for everything related to the Vancouver Titans. This is Chris at Lightforce, the sweet, the sultry baritone voice that comes to you each and every week through headphones, unless you're cool like me and you play it over the speakers so the entire condominium complex can hear. Joined as always by Omni at Omni Strife and Sam, another Sam Chan. Gentlemen, what's new and exciting in your neck of the woods? Uh, I don't know.
1: Just happy for our Titans that they uh, clinched their playoff berth and they're our uh, new Pacific Division champions.
0: Yay! Never in doubt. (laughs) Never. And I'm just a bot. (laughs) Were were you playing comp again on console? Yeah. Yeah. I've dropped like 200 points or something like that. How what, can what, you? Wow. I was gonna say, what's your SR?
2: Uh I think now I'm down to fourteen hundred. Oh, that's about where I am at. Yeah. Holy hell! It, yeah. it only gets more and more painful though, because I guess that's the spiral of the game, right? <sighs> you know that copy pasta that they
1: have in Twitch chat. Don't comment unless you have a super high SR, and then they have like uh, nineteen hundred or or fourteen hundred. And have you
0: ever <laughs> seen me comment in Twitch chat? <laughs> well. A bit, a, the a bit in the past, yeah. Now I'm going to have to get Nephew Force involved, get him to boost me a little bit. It could <laughs> I did realize something. It's because I all, almost always solo
2: queue, and I don't even have chat on. And that's probably a problem for a game like this, huh?
1: Some, some, suddenly I feel uh, pretty good about my rank.
2: Yeah, this this whole thing is <laughs> meant, meant to kind of boost you up. Encourage me a little bit. I know you had a little rough start with, yeah. with, the, yeah. with the placements.
0: I'll be back in diamonds soon. Well, speaking of a rough start, the Titans sure didn't have one this week, but boy, did Sunday get off to a little bit of a, an anxious period of time. So we're going to actually probably talk about that. I mean, I joked that this was going to be a light podcast episode, but let's be real. This is probably the first weekend where we can honestly say the Vancouver Titans encountered adversity. And that's not accounting the fact that the charge gave them a run uh, you know a couple of weeks back uh we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, in the fray the match of the day uh, the playoff implications what's going to uh, break down to be stage 1 playoff matchups or at least in our mind and uh, as we do with every episode we would read a review verbatim if we have one guys send us a review drop that in. i mean i see you guys in official discord telling me that oh well lightforce will read verbatim i'm going to i'm going to leave one you haven't been leaving them remember I will read verbatim so long as, you know, you don't drop any words. I can't read. Then that's a problem. Uh, I also got a follow-up question on how do you say ready, set, pwn? I just said it. PWN is pwn. I get that, you know, pune and whatnot is what people say. I say pwn. It's ready, set, pwn. Let's make that clear. But uh, we got a whole lot to talk about. So uh, let's uh, stop dilly-dallying and get straight to the payload. Moving to payload. Join me. The Vancouver Titans went in against the Paris Eternal, and we, you know, the three of us all had the Titans winning. Uh, we didn't feel it was going to be, you know, too equal. I mean, we did sort of concede that uh, the Eternal would be a good 3-3 team, but none of us had the Titans winning 4-0. Is that a surprise that the Titans were able to go and 4-0 the Paris Eternal? Uh, not
1: after their uh showing against atlanta uh everybody were hailing paris oh, they're their terrific goats team uh but that was only after two matches that they they won against glads i think and and uh, london who weren't too great at that time either and now they're kind of on a downwards trend and i'm happy to see our titans uh just kind of stomp a team and get that for oh so uh good debut for the homeskins
0: i guess too But did they truly stomp the Eternal? Like, I mean, I had conceded that Ilios was a lost map. Like, I did not see the Titans winning that one uh, on Lighthouse. To be honest, I didn't think the Titans had any business of winning, though they did. And I had already gone and started telling uh, my brother that, uh, yeah, that'll be the one in the 3-1 result that I had predicted.
2: Yeah, so that's the only reason it'd be surprising, because if you did watch the match, it didn't feel like a 4-0 at all
1: but when uh, goats is sometimes appears to be closer than it truly is but yeah i agree there uh they, they kind of found a way
2: to lose uh some of the maps there uh, paris did yep they made some
0: mistakes well you know lighthouse was indicative of that i mean the vancouver titans won a team fight to take it back at what was it like 98 percent or, or something like that like it was it was pretty much game set match. All Paris needed to do was bide their time, come in with alt economy and yet made a mistake with bumper down. Like it was a five V six and yet still couldn't pull it out. Now we also have to give credit to Janu, who you know, did clutch a few, uh, uh grab eats there. So, <clears throat> you know, that definitely helped the Titans out, but we, we didn't see the Titans, you know, Definitively step up on Nubani. I mean, I, I I wouldn't say that that map was truly in the bag until it was, and then on Horizon Lunar Colony, that one a little bit more uh, tilted towards the the Titans itself. And again, part of me wonders if the Titans themselves one expected Paris to to put up the fight that they did. And two could what we saw against Paris also explain what we kind of saw the following or two days following against the, the hunters, which we'll talk about uh, in a short while. Like I, I I wonder if the Titans may have put all their eggs in the eternal basket is that's the game we need to win. Yeah. It looks like, um, a lot. It's a pattern that repeats itself in, uh,
1: most expansion teams that when they have two games to play in a week, uh, they kind of feel underprepared for one of them, so uh, it's been occurring more than once now. So there might be an issue there.
2: Yeah, I will say, like it was nice to see Shadowburn again, even though it wasn't on a Genji. Uh, that was pretty cool, and he, and he did he did pretty well. I'd I'd say, you know, he was he was Soumen was you know killing anybody that was going to be on the, on the field, but, but Shadowburn was all right. Yeah, if by did
1: well, you mean that he wasn't worse than soon, then I'll I'll agree with you there. <laughs> we also got a, a glimpse at the elusive uh, Shadowburn smile. So, <laughs> good highlight for him.
2: Yeah, so there there were some like interesting points throughout the weekend, uh, but we can we can get a little bit into that later. But I think it did it did snowball a little bit. I think in the first match, both teams were a little bit tense. Um, like like we mentioned, Paris made some like Paris should have had that that one on Lighthouse for sure. Um, credit to Janu and credit for to the Titans for for capitalizing on yeah. on their mistakes, but but like I think in a general situation that that was a done game. Um, not to say they would have you know taken the whole thing, but but at least it would have been you know a little bit tighter. Um, but but with with Nubani and Horizon, it just felt a little bit inevitable. And then with Map Four, I'm just trying to dig up where Map Four was. Rialto, like. Yeah. Knowing what we saw when they were on Rialto last time, like Vancouver wanted to prove a point. It it looked it looked really clear to me for that.
1: It it kind of those times when we felt like, oh, they're unbeatable and they played like it and their opponent felt it too. Uh, Unfortunately, it's no longer feels like this, especially from the other game. But uh, yeah, it was it was um, kind of inevitable by the time that we saw Rialto.
2: Yeah, other than the kind of sneaky play by by Cruz, which was which was pretty funny. Even, yeah. I mean, even from from like a Titans fan standpoint, like they were so so into bashing heads that
0: that they just forgot about the payload altogether. Did you see Slimes tweet after the uh, the match? I didn't catch it. Uh, so essentially, he he you know, said GG to Cruz and uh, Van Nine. i i actually i i thought that was quite quite funny you know it's better to embrace the meta uh than allow others to create it uh, for you (laughs) but but but, yeah
2: like one last thing is i i think the the in this and this is why i guess for people that you know just listen to us or just read you know fienders reviews plug to him again as usual um it's it's not quite enough. I think I think you can look at the four zero. Think you know Vancouver stomped them. Paris is a terrible team. Look at the valley and oh, we won three one. That match was nowhere near as exciting yeah. as this one, right? Yeah. Like it and but but the score dictates like oh, it was supposedly close. It wasn't.
1: Well, they did did bring out the masked goat at the start. There yeah. gave them a
0: good uh, push. The uh, the goat mask. Is I think the Vancouver Titans starting to exert some serious swagger. We'll get into <laughs> swagger a little bit later, but before we talk about the uh, hunters match, do the Vancouver Titans owe oh, Fin see a sorry card? <laughs> I don't see why.
1: They just give him a tour of our uh, spawn
2: uh, room, really. <laughs> up like, close and personal.
0: Like they, they outright abused Fincy. Like my, my, again, my, my brother had, had texted me saying that uh, the Vancouver Titans were guilty of cyberbullying Like <laughs> it, 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 I mean, we saw a bumper go for another pin, but in this time, at least on horizon, there's very pl- few places you can go flying off the map with a baby. diva. <laughs> um, but it was, it was textbook straight up the stairs, just around the door. And, oh, yeah, we'll just leave them by spawn and then chase them out. Um, I, I found that quite humorous. But it was just, there wasn't anything that Fincy could do. Um, in Fiondor's uh, uh, game, uh, he, he has Uber quoted, is that uh, Fincy spent more time out of his mech than in it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, again, I think that's sort of indicative of how Point B went on, on Horizon Lunar Colony. So I'm a little bit curious. I know... It is disrespectful,
2: but at the same time, I mean it's an effective strategy if you're trying to split spawn, right? What if they didn't kill baby diva?
0: Um
2: like just let them walk all the way back to spawn or do, do something.
0: Well, I I think if you allow the baby diva to get distance, that's when the gun's the gun comes out to get the uh the mech back. Yeah. Right? Like I I what the Titans did was really prevent that from happening. I I will admit I'm, I, I don't understand why sometimes uh, the baby divas are so quick to sort of jump off the map um, when there's still a team fight going on. Like we don't generally see them engage unless it's overtime or, or so late where they need to, to challenge in this case, there wasn't anything Finzi could do though. There was absolutely no distance. If Finzi goes and stands on the point or does anything, the Titans will go and, Will eventually, you know, end his his day. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. What made it extra sad is that he already kind of uh, was able to see his team rolling out from their spawn room. He was <laughs> going out of the point, and just when he saw them, they got to him. If the baby diva is close enough to her team, she can go into the back lines and safely uh, farm her mech back. But. He was nowhere near, uh, it, They weren't going to allow him to do that.
2: Because so. there there was one earlier in the same map in Lunar where they were both stuck in space and then Bumper kind of mercy killed him with,
0: with the strike. Yeah, the fire strike. Although yeah. in that case, Fincy was trying to go and, and jump off the moon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the fire strike, unfortunately, uh, prevented it from happening. How, how does that work? How do you jump off the moon? Gravity. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> of things in, in Overwatch that may not be, you know realistic especially when it comes to science how dare you <laughs> it's completely realistic so moving on from the eternal the vancouver titans won three two over the Chengdu hunters now uh we we were a little off on this one um let's see I think the two of you had it as four oh i went with three one but that three one was really a four oh i just didn't feel the titans would take map four seriously well, they did take map four seriously. They had to. Hmm. Let's get it out of the way. Is A Meng a secret weapon? A Reinhardt in disguise? <sighs> that was so weird. Um, that
1: was a heart attack game, volume three for me. A <laughs> looking back at the game, he looked bad at first. It looks like it looked like oh yeah, we're gonna roll them at, at the first map, but then Bumper starts doing crazy stuff again. Uh, saw Min with some grabs, and and it looks like suddenly Ameng is playing his brains out on Ryan, and he kind of like does all these shatters uh, one one again and, uh, after the other. It was it began in Anubis where I was uh, I, I was shook at that point. <laughs> They actually played goats, and Ryan was uh, their least played character, I think, in this stage, and suddenly he pulls out the Ryan. And like they uh, did on social media, Chengdu, they posted, oh, you thought we were just a one-trick uh, pony here, and we have a, a goat up our sleeve? <laughs> really, kind of a trump <laughs> card there.
2: That trash the- talk is a little weird, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, win the game for us, bud. Yeah. The the thing that I think we can all agree on is the fact that the Vancouver Titans looked off, for the majority of that match, like even on map one, Ilios, which the Titans won, it did appear that the Titans were having some difficulty dealing with this sort of Chengdu meta. I don't know what what we call it, um, where they they were giving the Titans trouble. Now that's not to suggest that the three three or the the goats uh, meta wasn't able to overcome that, but you could, you could see that. You know, again, Vancouver was having issues. So where things went screwy was on Hollywood North where I had conceded that uh, the Titans already got a head start, a one, nothing head start. Cause Hollywood yeah. was in the mix and, um, yeah, it, it didn't quite go that way. In fact, the Titans, actually had to perform an escort, which has never happened on Hollywood, at least up until this past weekend for them. Yeah. I didn't know that the payload could move when we're on defense. Yeah, I was I was quite surprised. I thought it was a one-point map. i, I <laughs> not going to lie. I was so confused. You got to watch
2: more Toronto games then.
0: <laughs> the, the thing that really sort of surprised me was how crazy Chengdu was when they started off both their attack, but also on defense. Like it was the composition was all over and on defense, they went with the two sniper strat yeah. and the Titans had no answer for it. Yeah. In Hollywood, bacon Jack
1: completely went nuts. He was on widow. He was hitting his headshots on tracer. At one point, he got that alt stuck on briggy uh, on Zen, I believe on twilight. And then Haxal died too. a lot of things like f- fell into place. Uh, Titans felt kind of out of their, uh, out of their comfort zone, they were underprepared, not organized. Not to say that Chengdu is organized ever, but that's that's their thing, right? But
2: um, organized Titans,
1: chaos, exactly. Titans assumed that they're going to pull out those wins again, like they like they are accustomed to now. By now, losing two players, oh no problem, we're still going to win it. But a lot of things just fell into place there for uh, uh, Chengdu, and they and they got the map, they got Hollywood.
2: Yeah i think i think even it's i think it's a mix of a couple of different things i think to start with and and these aren't excuses and as much as necessary just reasons um harsha did admit after that it's really hard to kind of prep against the hunters just because you have like no who's gonna do this you know hammond thing with them right when they're doing scrims and stuff out outside of the league so so they didn't really get a chance to prepare for it so that's the first reason um you can look at it as an excuse but that's just you know the before and after that's what happened they weren't prepared so they looked unprepared um but even even at the beginning from map one chris when you said you know it didn't really like something felt off um they didn't feel like they re- ever gotten to you know their zone it never looked they never looked comfortable even when they won the map and that kind of showed moving forward i think i think and then as the as the you know the double sniper i think that kind of threw them off even more because we knew remember when we played Guangzhou, um, the widow was kind of annoying bumper for a while until bumper says, I didn't kind of just zone in and get rid of the widow. Um, but you know, with widow and Hanzo and then, and then there was, I think at one point there was Jimu on, on, uh, Pharah as well. Just, just a whole bunch of different random damage dealing stuff. Yeah. Um, it was just a mix of, of crazy things. And it did seem they were a little kind of discon- discombobulated. Wow. That's a, that's a word and a half. Um, and and that's exactly what happened. So I think it was, it was, it was kind of frustrating to watch, not knowing that they they could the hunters could actually pull this off, but not be the better team. Um, say,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You're totally right. It, it felt like Hollywood was when uh, things were starting to become a bit confusing, and when it went to um, uh, Route 66, it felt like um, Chengdu got more confident. And we became became kind of less confident. That's when things started uh, getting a little bit rough. Yeah.
0: The the one thing I do want to point out on Hollywood though is that we didn't see the Titans look to pivot. Like they were they were sold on on goats. We're going to three three this no matter how well we're doing or how poorly we're doing. Which when they were on escort, they they struggled with distance and. In in my mind, it seemed real odd that the Titans didn't either have the appetite to do so, or seem to think, "Oh no, we just stick with goats." And sure, it might be a, a slog, but we'll eventually get there. That wasn't the case. And then when they went on defense, it was <laughs> lights out. It was completely overrun, and they had no answer for the the far mercy we saw. Um, and again, the Titans seemed not to pivot. So we then get in the Temple of Anubis, and I think. Everyone to a person, presume. Well, if the hunters are going to continue to play this deep strat, we're going to see the Titans make a switch. And people were thinking, oh, Stitch might find his way into the uh, the lineup. And while that didn't occur, we did see on attack at least, Haxall going to Genji. So it did look as if the Titans finally decided we needed to do something here. Um, the problem with Anubis, though. And again, it's not that this is a bad thing. Because the Titans did end up, you know, well, I guess they didn't win, but they didn't end up seeing the, the Chengdu hunters start to play goats was that it's almost like the hunters became so confident in their ability to play and take it to the Titans that they decided they were going to not only beat the Titans at their, the Chengdu hunters game, but at the Vancouver Titans own game. And when they went to goats, that's just. That's ultimately when I think things started to change towards Vancouver's favor because now it was the traditional three-three. I personally have more issue on on Anubis with the team being disconnected. You had bumper feeding, and I I sort of referred to it on our our notes here. You know, was bumper trying to out out aiming aiming? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. we even saw bumper sort of later in a team fight where it wasn't time sensitive. Ditch the Rhine. To go to a Hammond, yeah, and and I, you know, I'd ask like, why would go to Reckonball? Oh, it's the speed. It's to get back to the point quick, right?
1: They and they they, they, they held that point when we were on attack for so long they couldn't get to the second tick in in ages, and there were a bunch of mistakes, including uh, bumper coming back on on Hammond, and like you said, Haxal kept the Genji. They did catch point A. But then they continued to go to point B as this um, weird Genji Goats <laughs> sort of uh, <laughs> monstrosity. And, and Genji got his blade. Haksel got his blade. And then just the brigida just slammed into him and he was done. And uh, Bacon Jack was great on the Zarya. Uh, Bumper, like you said, was feeding his brains out, really. It was a scary point. And, and everybody thought, uh, yeah, they're going to make it. They're going to make it. They, we had plenty of time attacking point B. Maybe that was the issue there. We just were we were too confident with the, with the the time bank that we had, but we couldn't match their attack on on point B, so that's why we lost. Yeah, and then uh, what happened is that we got that was the point where uh we actually lost the map now and and one of the scariest maps ever is coming up, so I yeah, kind of but I w- I, w-
2: I want to you know pay special attention. Thank you for the Haxel Haxel Genji. Uh, we we got to celebrate that. I mean, at the end of the day, we did win the match anyway, so there's lots to celebrate. But we have missed you, Haxel Genji. We actually Genji in general, we have missed Genji. Genji is so fun to watch. um And and while you know Titans have made me enjoy goats a little bit more. I've always, you know, got a soft spot for the tracer Genji, um, that era as well. But I think, I think throughout, actually throughout the all five maps, one thing that Chengdu did really well that's kind of not really talked about is they really targeted our supports. And so, like all the attention is going to be like Amen outplayed Bumper and all that stuff. And all that can be true. I do think Amen, you know, played out of his brains and and Bumper. You know, Bumper was Goofy Bumper. He was trying his sneak attacks and all that stuff. Um, but, but I think part of what makes the Titans click and what makes you know Bumper click is is all the support that he always has. But I noticed in a lot of team fights, Bumper was usually the first to go down, and it would be quickly followed by Slime. So they weren't actually trying to you know oust Bumper first. They were really aiming for for Twilight and Slime, and and that. And and that's where I think I think Sol Minsu had had in by his standards an off game in terms of protecting the rest of the crew, and and you know Bumper's going to be the one we end up blaming ultimately for that. But but Bumper's just always been Bumper. That's that's just what he does, right? And and when it works, we celebrate it, and when it doesn't work, we think he's a bot. So so there's got there's got to be a balance in there somewhere. But but I think that was a good strength of Chengdu in in targeting our our supports. Uh, slime in particular, I think had more deaths than I usually see. He's usually super, super durable. Right. Um, so, so that was a big part of it.
0: The route 66 experience Titans are down two one going to a map that again, just out of the way the structure of each, uh, each match goes, hasn't been one that Titans have taken all that seriously. And now they have to actually do so. So, so-and-so comes out as McCree. What are your thoughts seeing this on defense? Instead of coming out as Zarya, coming out as McCree, were you suddenly, you know, warm inside with the confidence of knowing, ah, oh, the Titans are actually looking to adapt, and uh, I trust so-and-so and McCree. Uh, it's hard to
1: say uh, because Chengdu also uh, came out, I believe, with a McCree at that point. or uh, They started out as uh, this crazy... Um, multiple dps approach and then once they pushed a little bit then they went to switch uh once they lost one fight they went to switch off and then saw sue after he had, a, had a, quite a decent showing on the mccree he hit him hit some shots he he uh he, he was called out for being kind of a right click mccree there and he also killed a um incoming uh battle mercy with a flashbang <laughs> But he was really smart in a way that he went straight back to spawn uh, to to like the spawning room, and he switched to Zarya pretty uh, pretty quickly. Uh, Well, point one was okay. The scary uh, stretch for me was between uh, point one and two. Uh, That big uh, curve uh, before you go into the uh, indoor area that was really 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 scary to me. Chengdu went goats again. A man was shattering left and right. Bumper felt like out of his um, comfort zone. You could tell because Bumper is super animated. You can tell from his uh, body language when they showed him between the maps. You could tell from his gameplay. He wasn't feeling great. I don't know. Maybe there were some issues again with uh, uh, fire, uh, fire noodles like <laughs> you had for NYXL. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, perhaps. He would join uh, a gauge. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it might have been it. But um, Twilight was carrying a little bit in that stretch. Yep. And that freaking boop and nuke combo, again, after the, this failed spawn camp. Like, Chengdu, they were awesome. I really enjoyed watching them play. But, man, am I happy that they went for that stupid, stupid spawn camp. We just <laughs> snuck underneath them. Went, okay, you're not going to defend a payload. We're just going to go there. And that's when they kind of collapsed there, because that's when they uh, were... Uh, we also ate their grab, I think, on their second left push. And yeah, it was a crazy, crazy matchup. But
0: well, yeah, Twilight that, carrying at the, at the end, the, uh, I believe, at least. The spawn camp. The spawn camp itself wasn't a problem. It was the fact that the Hunters, having seen the Titans now exit In a different direction, decided we're going to chase you. (laughs) All the hunters had to do was simply retreat. Okay, well, if you're going to the payload now, you've gotten out, we concede, you got out the front door, we'll go with you. No, they chased, and next thing you know, the Titans were able to get some significant free push just because, again, for whatever reason, the hunters decided we're gonna go and you know run around the long way. Um the other thing, though, is, like, you mentioned on defense, sort of the, that section between point one and two being the scariest part. For me, that actually wasn't it scary. It was when the Titans held the initial push on three, mm. and Bumper decided to go into Bumper's bag of tricks and pull <laughs> out the, I'm going to stand in the doorway with my oh, earth yeah. shatter, and they don't know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Like you watch the entire team come out of spawn and I can't remember who it was. It was on Zarya. I believe they were the first through the door. They knew exactly where bumper was. They actually went to the doorway. If bumper <laughs> yeah. wasn't there. They would was, have all had yeah. their back turn. They knew exactly what was going on. And once bumper dropped there, that gave the hunters push.
1: It, it was bacon Jack. And, and if overwatch was like, uh, a, 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 like, an alternative reality—if it was like a cartoon and they were like real characters—you could tell that the Zarya is just walking with her team, and you can hear like a Reinhard giggling or breathing heavily from. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how Bumper behaves. So it kind of shows, even though they can't really see him, they know he's there.
0: I I wonder at what point in time Bumper's told to either one get a new bag of tricks or two. <laughs> don't worry about the bag of tricks anymore. Like, I, I know that that's probably a tall ask at this point, but you know, again, let's celebrate. It didn't cost them no different than how it, against, uh, was it the shock on, on Volskaya? I think it was where we saw, you know, a similar play get, you know, found out. Um, mm-hmm. the other thing though, is that the, when the Titans on attack, ultimately have alt economy. They're pushing the cart. They're able to go and grab essentially the entire Hunter team at the door and bumper goes in swinging a hammer and <laughs> drops. Like I, I get that. Okay. He wants to try to go and get a couple of picks, but the Lucio alt wasn't going to allow for that. And he got melted. I actually did believe that? Oh my goodness, the Titans are actually going to lose because of that. Thankfully, we didn't see that that actually took place because of the play of Janu. Um, I'm thinking, uh, was it slime that was there as well that ultimately got enough uh, enough picks right. and and to, uh, the I think it was an eaten grav as well. Like it just yeah. second, like second second to last push. Uh, he ate the grav. But that takes us to map five, Nepal. Now, all along, you've now seen the Hunters just taking goats to the Titans, and the Titans are discombobulated. So what do you go and play when you go to Nepal? You go to the exact comp you lost with Ilios on. Yeah, they they put up Bacon Jack for I don't know what reason put Late Young in.
2: I think they want Late Young in on Controls. I, I don't. I don't know the history
0: behind that. You know, and I, I, I will concede Nepal was a much closer fight. You know, save for the fact that there was a heck of a boot and an Eming who's still falling to the middle of the earth <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in a in a Hammond. But uh, you know, the Titans pulled it out. They ultimately, you know, won Nepal cleanly, but it was. Not, not something where you sat back, you're like, okay, this, they got this in hand. This was one that, again, I was on the edge of my seat, I was a little anxious, the muscles were tight, and I was clenching things I didn't know I could clench.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, there was a point there on Sanctum where they kind of threw Sanctum, Chengdu did. Uh, I think Elsa got booped off of the map by Haxal. But not only that, he used his alt. While he fell off, and a man when he was booped off the map by slime, he also used his mind. So it was yeah. they, they panicked there. But then in Shrine, holy hell, there was a point there where slime and bumper and Haxel died and was OT. It was ninety nine to ninety four, and Janu, Saminsu, and Twilight kind of won a three versus four. Who that was like the play that finished that map, and it was crazy clutch again.
2: I think for every complaint we have about Bumper Chengdu as a team is Bumper. <laughs> I think I, I can't think of a better better way to describe what they do. Like they're good at what they do, but it's just it's so crazy that you know if you're a diehard fan, it's gonna it's yeah you're you're gonna have these nights where you're like well, you look so great five minutes ago. What just happened? Like did you eat something? Did you not eat? Like, like what's going on? Fire like, noodles. Yeah. Like that, that's the thing. Fire noodles goes up, goes down. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't figure it out. But, but I mean, credit, credit to the Titans in this scenario. Like they, like, I, I think I just want to draw things back even, even though I guess if, it's been six games now. So it feel like we've been talking about this for, for a minute. So it feels like a long time, but it really, it's only been like three weeks, right? Three, four weeks. And, and at, at the beginning, what were we saying? We were saying, uh Oh, Titans can't do control titans can't do route 66 what did they win on in in against chengdu it was route 66 it was nepal and and so i think it's just super situational and and that goes in the whole debate with bumper like i was pretty consistent early on i'm saying like look it's super exciting right now he's ridiculously aggro and it's working but there's going to come a point in time when bumper's antics cost us a game or a match or whatever it could it could the, the stakes could be higher i don't know um, but that's what we have to live with, and more times than not, what Bumper does works. So I think it's it's a little cheesy, and I'm not trying to be defensive about Bumper, but like for for people to be like, oh, Bumper's a bot, Bumper's not one of the best main tanks. Amen. You know, took him to school. Amen. Played better than him today. Yeah. I guarantee most teams will take Bumper. You know, ten times out of ten. So, yeah. so that's just a little defense for the boys.
1: Yeah, it's it's also this week's podcast. Like if, if somebody asks you in like a, a month or two, you remember that game we almost lost. Nobody cares. It <laughs> happens all the time for the greatest teams in all sports. So just you know, the bottom line is that we got the win despite playing worse than the other team. Maybe so I'm good with that. I don't mind uh, the ugly wins. I don't want beautiful losses. So we're good. Using <laughs> beautiful team.
0: lost. Yeah, beautiful loss. Awesome. Uh, using Bumper as a segue, you guys catch him on uh, the Watchpoint desk uh, at the uh, end of the night on Sunday? For sure. Um, you know, there were many things that uh, were said, but uh, how big is that set of brass balls that kid's got? Dude, that, that kid is big. He was just sitting there. <laughs> he's, he's enormous. <laughs> <Sitting> Besides Zoe?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, everybody, but Zoe especially. That You can tell this guy's a main tank.
0: <laughs> irl main tank so if you didn't catch his appearance on on watchpoint we talked about bumper's confidence a couple episodes back in fact we had that special uh, podcast episode on the my roadcast contest where we talked about his confidence and let's just say even though he got smacked around pretty good against the the hunters he came out and still had some serious swag. Like at one point he was asked, you know, what did he think about the, the difficulty level in the Overwatch League uh, happened to be? And his answer was, when I joined, I thought it would be difficult. Now I realize it's not that hard. Yeah. It's a uh, easy clap. <laughs> yeah he, he he likes the spotlight he's
1: he's uh pretty vocal he's is charismatic yep. and it's like the meta too you know like the most character like the leaders now are considered to be the main tanks so 2019 is kind of the year of the ryan like tracer used to be last year so yep. i'm happy for the guy
2: yeah and and i think i mean he's what 19 years old he he's having fun and i think that's super super duper underrated because he knows what what he's saying and it's and, and you could tell like the moment, like, uh, I think it was Danny who translated everybody burst out in laughter and bumper is having the time of his life. Like he, he knows what is, it's going to be bulletin board material, but, but he's just having fun. He's throwing a little bit of personality into it. And I think the, the nicest thing about bumper is he never seems to forget that he's, he's playing a game that he loves. Um, and, and that's super powerful to me because even though, you know, today would have been the game or the Chengdu game would have been the game to to you know criticize him all the way back to zero but he kind of just brushes that off or I, I don't know if he just can completely ignore it or he doesn't let it bother him or its just because you know they won the match so everything's gravy yeah I'm just happy
0: for the guys that sat next to him that they won the match imagine <laughs> him sitting there after losing <laughs> if, if they had lost do you think he would have uh, still carried the swag as he did so that seems to be his mo you know the kid, is confident yeah I, I haven't seen him lose yet so i i cannot verify bingo that's a
2: good that's the answer really. fair point
0: well before we wrap up the payload let's talk a little bit about the fact that one the vancouver titans have clinched stage one playoff p- p- uh, position they are uh, top of the pacific so they have at least the number two seed they have a chance to take the number one seed from nyxl and that's assuming they are able to beat the Guangzhou Charge and uh, do so in convincing fashion. Now, before we dive into our preview, uh, Guangzhou Charge, the four maps are Ilios, Numbani, Volskaya, and Dorado. Now, for those who did not catch the previous match between the Titans and the Guangzhou Charge, the Charge were the first team to sort of present the titans with a little bit of adversity however you could also argue that that had a lot more to do with the fact that uh bumper did some bumper things on i think it was was it route 66 that allowed that map for uh loss to then require the the map five on ilios and that's when we were introduced to the uh the januk which i used to call janu bomb but i'm not allowed to anymore <laughs> <laughs> Do we see the Titans better prepared for this one? And do we think that the charge are able to put up at the same level of fight that they were in the first match? I hope so. I mean, we have more uh, data on them now. We have
1: more footage of Guangzhou and I hope, hopefully they they are now not underestimated the team. Also, it's a single game match, but we mustn't disregard the fact that Guangzhou is fighting for their life now. They're currently in eighth, three and three. So they they must win if they want to stay in the playoff run. uh rio is great Shu is insane happy if he's going to be on the widow Uh, i know the titans have clenched (laughs) their playoff but i don't want to be clenched myself during that game (laughs) so that's a game that i need to take care of obviously everybody's gunning for that 7-0 um
2: i actually think it's a great uh kind of precursor to the playoffs because you know for all intents and purposes this is this is guangzhou's playoff game right so it's one of those do or die matches right um especially in stage one so they're gonna they're gonna get the best of them and this is an opportunity to see what the what the titans are made of right um at the same time i think they they do have a full week to focus they are the last match of the week um but also i think with new york sitting this week out they have an opportunity to try and grab that first place and that's been that's been on like this chip on their shoulder that they want to be the best and they want everybody to know it. So so they've set themselves up perfectly. It's not going to be easy, but they potentially, I I don't know what the map differential is. I think they might need to go 4 um, but to to gain that first place. But it is it is you know reachable. So so that's it'll be curious to see kind of which which Titans show up and which charge show up.
0: What do we have it as? 3-2 for Titans.
2: Okay. Sam? I have a weird flip-flop, and and I'm not sure what's in my brain at this time, but I think this could be a map that Chengdu
0: possibly takes 3-1 or Titan four oh. zero. So, 4 mm-hmm. 0 So it's a Titan 4-0 or a uh, Guangzhou. Not Chengdu, Guangzhou. Oops. Yeah, yeah, we've been seeing Chengdu so much. Yeah. Guangzhou. three one three one. 3-1. 3-1. So it's either definitive one or definitive the other. Yeah. That is, that is a bold pick there, cotton. Um, I'm going to go with the safe three, one pick for the Titans. And I, I, I just, I'm a firm believer that the Vancouver Titans are going to prepare for this one, um, more than they've prepared for any other match. I think, they also know that Guangzhou is playing for for stage one playoff position. And having seen what occurred this past weekend, I see the Titans taking it very serious. In fact, I, I'm, I'm almost partial to say 4-0, but I, again, want to give credit to the charge, the fact that they are going to come and bring the fight to. So, yeah, 3-1. So, to recap. Omni, you said three, two Titans, Sam, you went on the fence, but on definitive, both sides, you have it as a 4-0 oh, Titans or a three, one charge. And I have it as a three, one Titans. So we're going to take a short break as we always do before we jump into the fray. Before we get into our match of the week or match of the day from the week that once was, let's recap quite quickly uh, the results. So we had on Thursday, the Gladiators beat the Rain four 0 The Fusion beat the Valiant three two, and the Defiant beat the Chengdu Hunters three one. Now we had said the Glad Rain match was the uh, match to watch, <laughs> and did we get that one right?
1: Well, if, if you're like Sam and you like some Genji plays, uh, DK has been uh, playing pretty well on that hero. I'm just happy to see the Glads are back to what we kind of thought they were. DK and Roar suddenly uh, kind of justify that big hype that there was. Atlanta, they were disappointing to say the least. Um, yeah, it was a 4-0. What, what else can we say? Whatever the match does, did we have? Valiant. Oh, my God. Uh, That was their sixth loss, I believe. Kind of spoiling there. Uh, But, yeah, they're they're not looking good. They almost beat Philly, but Philly is not great either. So,
2: Yeah, almost beating still a loss.
0: That's true. (laughs) (laughs) We know. (laughs) On the Friday, as we already know, the Titans 4-0 Paris. But that was a day of 4 O's because the NYXL 4-0'd the San Francisco Shock and a Dallas Fuel 4 0 the Shanghai Dragons. Um, I'll be honest, when I looked at the Excelsior Shock matchup, I thought it would be a lot closer than it ended up. I actually thought the Shock would bring the fight to the NYXL and that didn't quite occur. Um so I, I was quite surprised, especially the fact that I don't, have we actually had a day where it was 4-0s? Like I, thinking back, I, I don't think so. I um, guess the first.
2: There was I mean, a we was not expect it to be this day either. Yeah, there was a day where it was
1: all three ones, but no 4-0s yet.
2: Yeah.
0: On Saturday, we had the Houston Outlaws beat the LA Valiant 2-1, which meant the Valiant went winless for the stage. Uh, Worst had, game of Overwatch League ever, by the way.
1: Did you wake up early for that one? Oh, I was feeling sick for during
2: that match. <laughs> I wanted to have a good Saturday, so I passed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we had the Seoul Dynasty beat the Washington Justice 3-1. So the Justice have a uh, are still on the trend to continue the uh, trend that Valiant have been following. Uh, <laughs> the Gladiators beat the Charge 3-1 and the Toronto Defiant 3-0 the Hangzhou Spark. We had the Defiant Spark as our, our match, and I expected the Spark to put up a better fight.
1: Hmm. Toronto is just getting stronger and stronger. They're impressive. Terrific. <laughs> At least they're finishing up their matches quicker now, uh, Sam. That's
2: true.
0: Yeah, no game for five. Got to give them props. And on Sunday, we had the Shock 3-1 over the Eternal. We had the Dragons beat the Spitfire 3-2. That was the match that we said would be an exciting one to watch. And not going to lie, the Dragons did extremely well. I enjoyed watching that one. Uh, Boston Uprising 4-0, the Florida Ma'am. And then, as we already talked about, Titans 3-2, the Hunters. Can we not discuss this game anymore? I I can't. (laughs) (laughs) we need to take heart
2: medicine first but hey like what what did we say the shanghai dragons beat the defending champions how about that they're playing good they're a good team they have a problem with dallas for some reason yeah like why (laughs) why does dallas have their number like i don't i I don't don't quite get it like i'm convinced shanghai is gonna make a stage playoff
0: yeah It, it was fun to see giguri on stage when they won they, they look better. If if the Dragons don't see nine against the, <laughs> you know, Dallas Sewell, they, they likely win. They're at four, three. It's a, like, they're currently at four, three. They would have been sitting in stage one playoff position. Uh, they have been officially eliminated. There's no chance. Cause four, uh, three uh, should be the minimum. I, I believe that's how it has to be. But um, I, I am I'm not going to say I'm completely surprised that the dragons are doing well. I think we gave them some credit that they were an entirely new team, but that entire new team is now seemingly starting to figure each other out. So it'll be interesting as we go into stage two to see how they uh, they continue that momentum.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's who'd win? Justice or Valiant? <sighs> okay, wow. you know who'd I'm going to say
0: I'm going to say Justice. Justice, yeah.
2: I don't know, new coach, new rules.
0: Oh, did I, did, I, did I sneak peek that? Yeah, you did. We'll get to it. Um, let's talk about the week that is upcoming. So there are only two days, Saturday and Sunday. So for those of you who are hoping to watch some Overwatch League action Thursday or Friday, you're going to be uh, out of luck. In fact, this is going to make it a long week. Uh, because we have to sort of wait for the gameplay but saturday we've got the justice versus the eternal the spitfire versus the dynasty the uprising versus the fuel the rain versus the hunters now uh omni and i we feel that the match that we should watch is uprising fuel Uh, sam i think you went with the dynasty just because you like soul um that's i'm assuming soul honestly soul depresses me a little bit why are you why are you doing this to yourself
2: (laughs) But but I think I always enjoy every time London plays Seoul or or New York plays Seoul or or London plays New York. Like those are always fun competitive matches. You can see they really, for whatever reason, I think it's coming from Apex or whatever. They really want to beat each other even more so than than the other teams. So it's always fun.
0: The the uprising fuel match to me has some serious playoff implications. I mean, if Boston wins. I believe that effectively eliminates the fuel. I know that you know things still need to shake down at the at the bottom of the playoff cutoff, but right now the fuel are 4-2. They would drop to, to 4-3, but they would then have a negative map differential. And for a team like let's say if you know the charge were to beat the titans as you had predicted that gives them four three with a positive um you'd see wash your mouth there you'd see boston four three with an even bigger positive like again i don't think the fuel can afford to lose while at the in the same instance boston has been playing really well as of late so i'm genuinely interested to see what uh, is going to come out of that uh, that match
1: it's going to feel like a playoff match
0: there yeah And then on Sunday, we've got the Fusion versus the Eternal, the Justice versus the Mayhem, the Outlaws versus the Reign, and the match of the week and final one to wrap up stage one before heading into the playoffs is the Charge versus the Titans. That's a rough set of matches there.
1: Thank God for the
0: Charge and the Titans. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we did, all three of us, suggest the Outlaws-Reign match was the one that, uh, of those other than the Titans, which we are going to watch is of interest. Uh, But the problem is that I I don't see, well, okay. I guess arguably, you know, Houston could go and really shake things up if they were to get the, the win. Um, But the rain, you know, they have two to play. So it's difficult to really understand, you know, what the, what things will be before, before that takes place.
2: Honestly, I picked that game because, uh, it's right before the Titans game. <laughs> good so, so it's, it's a, yeah, it's like, you know, you want to get into the mood, you're going to watch some overwatch on Sunday night. Um, but you don't want to get too excited too quick. You gotta, you gotta, you of know, start things slow. Um, watch the outlaws for a little bit, you know, understand that, you know, life is good as a Titans fan. And if you were an outlaws fan, it wouldn't be as great. And and so you really grow an appreciation for, for, for the Titans in the Guangzhou game, kind of leading up to it. So that's kind of my head going in. Other than that, um I mean I mean in terms of matchups, like it's not none of that is really all that interesting to me, other than you know, from those matches the the playoff seedings are gonna get figured out and, and we're gonna find out who we play real quick. Right.
0: Well, speaking of the playoffs they follow the weekend after so we're going to have our playoff preview episode next week where we can start talking about the matchups if you're curious though as to when the titans will be playing don't worry as soon as we know we're going to update the calendar uh, if you need to get a link to the calendar we got it easily found for you just go to ready dot slash schedule and all the details will be there now one final thing that we wanted to talk about in the free is that you've already alluded to this sam the la valiant have uh, made some changes they've parted with their uh their coach Moon, um, do you see this coming? Um, I'm not surprised, but
2: you know, from our you know brief one and a quarter history of Overwatch, it's not that common to, to fire you know partway through the season. But I think when you go zero and seven, and 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 I think to to put it in context for for everybody to kind of understand, if you're the Justice right now, if you're the Valiant right now even though you're only done stage one and you go, Oh, and seven, you're pretty much out of the playoffs for sure. Like, unless you go on some sort of rampage, the entire rest of the season, like you just, you know, decided to wake up and, and, and give the other teams a seven game lead, like they're done. Um, and, and that's because like last season we had 40 games. So, you know, if you had seven losses, it's not a big deal. We're down to 28 games. So that's a quarter of the season gone. It, Mm -hmm. My doing some quick math, even if you went undefeated the rest of the time, you'd still only be 21 and seven, and like New York would still be above you. So, so like that, that's that's why it's a massive big deal. But like from you know, all the rumors and you know, outside looking in, my understanding is there's also internal turmoil, people aren't happy, players aren't happy, coaches aren't happy. There's a lot of unhappiness that comes with 0 and seven.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a common theme, it's easier to uh. Take the coach out instead of like having to uh, rebuild your roster. So
2: I guess that's a change. You cannot do any worse, right? Exactly, and and like the coach, the coaching was kind of this easy, easy target too. Because I mean, they moved Kareev to to the Zarya from from you know he was a flex support. I think he was actually in the All Star game if I'm not mistaken as a yeah. flex support like so i i presume he was doing decent at the at at the least right and then they moved their their tank player Kuki to to go wall climbing with lucio and you know you could argue that it was better comp or whatever but the results tell you that it didn't work so who's to blame you're not going to blame the player you're asking the player to, to turn a square into a circle um so that that you know, lo- logistically speaking, just with no emotions or no, you know, personal attachment, it makes sense that they dropped the coach. Um, but it's probably a lot deeper story than that. So is it the uh, hashtag hire Kaikai Kai now? <laughs> yeah, he's the one that's going to come in and fix the culture of the team. <laughs> what have we come to? Um
0: We should note that they do have an interim head coach as they search for their actual head coach. Packing then is going to be the uh, interim head coach, uh, having joined, uh, I believe, just this uh, past offseason. Good luck. Yep. Yep. So... Wrapping up another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, I do want to give a shout out to the crew that got together down in Seattle for an unofficial watch party. Uh, I got to see some pictures, uh, talk to a few people that were there. It sounds like it was a great event. And I've actually had others sort of uh, reach out to us here like, hey, you know, when can uh, watch parties be set up in, in our particular neck of the woods? Uh, I know there's some interest on uh, Vancouver Island, for instance. Again, I can't stress enough that all it takes is one or two people to come together, have an idea, find a venue and be realistic about it. Approach them. Say, Hey, I got a few people, your friends that you already know, that are going to come out, maybe some others and, uh, you know, get something going. If you need some assistance in, in promoting it, uh, us at Ready, Set, Pone are more than happy to try to. Uh, spread the word whether it be through social whether it be here on the podcast if you give us enough time uh if you give us enough lead up time we can share it otherwise uh if you tell us the next day it's only going to come out on twitter but we want to see more and more of these watch parties uh spring up we want the community to really thrive and in, again what we can do to help you with that we're all for it if there happens to be another watch party in Seattle I've already surfed a idea I think it'd be kind of cool to head down there and hang out with the uh, with some fans outside of the uh the metro vancouver region because i've only had the opportunity so far to go to the uh railway uh stage uh, bar and cafe or whatever it's now called um railway club where the uh, titans watch parties have been happening each and every week now make sure you have a
2: cardiologist nearby somewhere if you're hosting a <laughs> titans watch party I'd love to be like like a fly on the wall when you talk to the border guards. Like, what are you going down to Seattle for? It's like, we're going to go watch a, an esports sports game. Oh, yeah? Is it is it live there? No, we're going to be watching a screen with some friends. Don't you have screens in Canada? Yeah. <laughs> What's
0: with the heart medicine? Uh, <laughs> uh, get out of here. Oh Yeah, you know, that would be an interesting conversation. Um, completely off the rails. Uh, I have my Nexus. And uh, when I went for my Nexus interview, the U.S. Uh, border services agent uh, first question: "So you like video games, huh?" And I'm sitting here like I don't recall filling that in on any application. So, presumably, someone Googled me, or whatever it is that they uh, they use. And so he and I had a conversation about uh, video games for a couple of minutes. He wanted to know what video games I liked playing. And when I had told him at the time that I like playing Overwatch, he asked me how good I was. And I'm like, not that good. He's like, neither am I. (laughs) Way to spread the game, man. That's
2: that's what we need. More ambassadors for the game.
0: I'll see you in quick play, friend. Yeah. But, uh, you know, any final words of wisdom you gentlemen want to share to our our thousands and thousands of Ready, Set, Poem listeners?
1: Hero 31 has been leaked. It's Fire Noodles. (laughs) Can Fire Noodles fly? Um, no but it could certainly be le-
2: leaked <laughs> oh no it's so bad I, I, I will just go on a completely different tangent and just remind everyone uh, bumper on his worst day will still be a better bumper than you
0: hell yeah as for me, just a reminder that uh, we want to engage with you on social. If you have something that you want to share, you know, you got a jersey and you want to rock those uh, Force of Nature blue and green colors, please share it with us. We want to let everyone know that you're a Titans fan. We also, you know, love that everyone is embracing us. In social, uh, whether it be the podcast, whether it be in Discord, the official Titans one, or the Ready Set Pwn Discord on the Titans Reddit. We're everywhere. Uh, if we happen to miss something, you know, let us know. Shoot me a message. Uh, I am Lightforce pretty much every which way from here to Sunday when it comes to my online presence. So let us know so we can, you know, show you the props that y'all deserve. But on behalf of Omni at Omni Strife, myself, Chris at Lightforce, and Sam, another Sam Chan. We're going to sign this episode off with the two words we sign everyone with, and that is Hatch Rays.